All right, they went to the tomb and it was empty. And uh, it has been the best news uh, ever. Now you're here this morning and maybe you're here because you get it. Jesus died for us and he rose from the dead and there's nothing better than celebrating the resurrection of Christ. Maybe you're here today and you love Jesus and it's Easter. So we come to church. But the reality is life has been stinking hard. And you're carrying some burdens, some heartache, challenges of life, relationally, financially, people you care about, and there's this weight. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're joining us online. Happy Easter to y'all. You're just trying to figure this Jesus out. Maybe even here because you're with family. You're not necessarily opposed to Jesus. But life, quite frankly, is pretty good. These people seem to get all excited. But is there really something for me? We're going to look at some words from God this morning. And wherever you are today, there is hope, encouragement, and life in these words. So, Father, I pray, as we look at this truth that's revealed from you, wherever we find ourselves right now, this morning, I pray that you would allow us to see the grace and the power of your son's resurrection from the dead. And I pray that all of us would leave here with more hope, with more vitality, with more passion, with more purpose, with more life and more love than when we arrived. That's our prayer, Father, because the tomb was empty. Speak to our heads and speak to our hearts. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to look at what's probably the most famous verse in the Bible. The first verse that a lot of us memorized, John 3.16. And we're going to look at some of the subsequent verses that will give us some clarity about the beauty of what we're talking about today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In my estimation, the best, most beautiful and concise summary of what we read about in the Bible, the gospel. There's a reason this is the most familiar verse. But 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out 
by God. Now, this is all rooted. This summary of all of Scripture is rooted in these three words. And it's where we start right here in this text. For God so loved the world. World here is not just Jews. This is everybody. All people who have been created in his image. God loves us. Now, I lead men's studies, and I, I often ask, what do you think of, what are the primary emotions that God feels? And, and, and the two that are almost always stated at the top of the list are anger and disappointment. Man alive, he loves us. And that's the source of all this truth. Everything we're celebrated is rooted in this. He loves us. John, in his first epistle, simply says this about God. God is love. And the reality is all love, genuine love, flows from God and from his character. And then he gives us this gift. This gift, of course, is the one we're celebrating here today, Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Now, he's going to develop what this means in the whole rest of this gospel. It's filled with meaning, but part of this is you got the indivisibility of the father and the son. And yet somehow, when Jesus left the glory of heaven, there's a little bit of a separation and distance that's created. We got two families, Julie and I our kids and their kids that live out east. Saying goodbye is never pleasant. God, because he loves us, sent his son. There's some heartache in this for the father in sending his son. We know about this Christmas, the virgin birth, and then he lived this perfect life. And then he went to the cross, what we focused on on Friday. He went there, he was nailed to that cross, and our sins were nailed to him. Man alive. And then he rose from the dead. That's what we celebrate today, that we might have life in him. This, this is so good and so beautiful. And he gives us eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish. Contrasted here, but have eternal life. Perishing. This is what we think it means. This is important in this context to get this right. It's talking about being eternally separated from God forever. It is beyond unpleasant. But God, he gave us his son, not that we would perish, but that we would have eternal life. Now, if you move to the end of the book here, to John chapter 17, we often think of eternal life as that which happens when we die. And it's an essential component of eternal life. But the way Jesus defines eternal life is simply this, having a relationship with God the Father and with Jesus Christ. When we come to treasure him, eternal life begins. Christ comes into our life. We are become adoptive children of God. The heaviness of this life, the weight, the hard part that comes with living in a broken world, he wants to carry that with us. He wants to help us through this. That sin that we're still wrestling with and have been wrestling with a long time. That sin that we think we can't get through, we've just come to live with it. 
the guilt and the shame that still accompanies us. We love Christ, but we just can't seem to get through this. He rose from the dead so that we could overcome that stuff. That's part of the eternal life that we experience now. When we die, no fear. But this is what eternal life is. This is what it means to treasure Jesus, to get who he is. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He wants to make this clear. That's not why he entered in the world, entered in the world but in order that the world might be saved. This gift is offered to everyone. And many of us sit here and go, how could this gift not be received by everyone? It's just so good and so glorious. And it's a gift. But this gift is rejected by a lot of folks. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Now, he's not saying here that they're condemned now, that that condemnation starts because they're rejecting Jesus. What's being suggested here is they're rejecting Jesus just confirms the state they're already in. Since Adam and Eve, people have been condemned for the choices we make. And this is the judgment, that light has come into the world. But people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. So why is it? Why is it people reject this beautiful gift? Because they love the darkness. They enjoy sin. Now, sometimes it feels like to me we can't figure out why people would reject this gift. I think we need to just think a little more thoroughly. They enjoy sin. You know why? Because sin is fun. Sin is pleasurable. Don't you tell me you don't think sin is fun? Because I wouldn't believe it if you told me that. We know what they're struggling with. And what's the essence of sin? It's trying to do things our way. It's putting ourselves at the middle of life. And we are going to find joy in life if we do it our way. Is there anybody here that prefers to not have their way? Come on, we know what their folks are wrestling with. We like doing things our way, and sin is fun. Now, sin at its core is just denying God and the world he created and not wanting to live in the way that he designed us to find the greatest joy, which is in relationship with him. We're going to do it my way. Frank Sinatra wrote a beautiful song that conveys the essence of this. We know what that feels like. We like doing things our way. We just as soon not deal with reality. We just as soon have it our way. If you're here today and you're considering who this Jesus is, you're looking at this gift and trying to figure out whether or not you want to receive it. We are absolutely thrilled that you're here. Because we're a bunch of sinners. 
I got friends that haven't loved Christ and I'm summarizing and paraphrasing what a number of them have said to me over the years. I'll come to church once I get my act cleaned up. Breaks my heart. I don't know where they got this idea. I'm guessing from we churchgoers. The church is about learning to live in all the right ways so that you can earn God's approval. And they can't imagine something better than enjoying living in the darkness because quite frankly, the darkness is fun. And they can't imagine something even better. If you're here today and you're thinking about Jesus, I pray that those of us who have gone to church won't get in the way of your seeing the truth of who Jesus is. That as lovingly and as gently as I can suggest it, I don't want to also want to make it clear. To reject Jesus and this gift is to remain condemned. So keep thinking. Keep processing. Keep working through this. And keep your eyes on Jesus. And forgive those of us who love him who maybe haven't given you the best picture. For those of us who do treasure him, I want you to think about somebody you know and care about. Family member, friend, work associate, right now that they're remaining condemned because they haven't yet treasured Christ. Put them in your mind. Lord, for those who have been introduced to this gift, but haven't chosen yet to receive it, we pray your grace. We pray your love. We pray that you would use us as instruments to help them see the meaning and the significance and the joy that comes from receiving this gift. Our prayer is that what we celebrate would be celebrated by more folks. The joy that's found in Jesus and Jesus alone would be experienced by them. So Father, your love, your infinite love, may it fill our hearts. And Father, fill those hearts of those as of yet who have not yet trusted you. That's our prayer, and we pray it again in the name of Jesus.
His precious blood. Ah, God loves us. That's where it all starts. And he extends this gift. And he intends that it be received. Ah, this gift which he gives to us. And in one sense, it's so simple. All he wants us to do is believe. All he wants us to do is trust in him. There is no earning or effort really involved at all. It's just seeing him for who he is and believing in him and treasuring him and following him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, doesn't matter who it is, doesn't matter the past, doesn't matter how bad of things we've done, how much shame and guilt we have, whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, be connected to him. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved. That's what we celebrate through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already, ready, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. 
And this is the judgment. The light is coming to the world and people love the darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. We believe those who accept this gift love the light. And it begins here by seeing ourselves as we actually are. Those who don't receive the light, they're not that willing to take an honest look at who we are. We've got a big picture window in the back of our house. I get up early in the morning because I'm old. When I look out that window, it looks so clean. As the sun starts to rise, you can guess what happens. It's not as clean as I thought at 5 a.m. Because that's what light does. Those who receive this gift, do not miss this. They go to the light. But when we first experience the light, it's not that pleasant. It reveals the essence of who we are. Those who have rejected God have gone our own way. Those who actually deserve to spend eternity separated from him. My life changed. I accepted this gift. When in my early 20s, I finally saw that. Not could say it, but in, in, in understand it up here, but feel it down here where I went, he should actually damn me. Good Friday services since then have increased in their meaning for me. Every year I understand a little more thoroughly why he went there. And I have a deeper experience of why he went there. A continuing clarity about the depth of my need. It's like sitting in front of a doctor and he looks at us, doesn't want to share these bad news, but you've got cancer. We have a spiritual cancer. That's what the light reveals. But it doesn't stop there. We see the clarity of who he is. The doctor looks at us and says, you have cancer. But I got a cure. And it's a hundred percent effective. And here's the reality. After you get the cure, you're going to be healthier and happier than before. It is going to be the best news ever. It's almighty God. What we celebrate at Christmas, the humility, and we get all these warm fuzzies about the baby. This was a humiliating act for God. He gave up the right to be seen as God and become one of us. I love babies. They're really cute. God becoming one of us? Because he loves us. He lived a loving, gracious, awe-inspiring, righteous life. God is love. We want to get a picture of God? Read about Jesus. He went around just helping people, healing people, doing good things. And for this, they killed him. And he went to the cross because he loved us. When we look at the light, we get it. We should have 
the righteous wrath of God poured out on us for eternity. That's what should happen. That would be fair and that would be just. But because he loves that, he sent his son. My son is sitting over here. I mean this. I love y'all. But I would never give my son for all of you. Wouldn't do it. I love you, but I don't have that much love. The magnitude of his love. The righteous wrath of the Father, which should go to us, went on his son. And he's a conqueror of death. Now this all starts out with our recognition from the light that we're sinners. If you're here and you're thinking about Jesus and you think you're not good enough, join the club. If the light is starting to reveal sin in your life, join the club. The people would ever think they got to get their act cleaned up before they join us. We got to get this straight. We're a bunch of messed up people, sinners deserving of damnation. Just a bunch of us that have accepted that gift. And we want to be a people that are so welcoming to those who are trying to figure it out. And then he conquered death, that final enemy. Oh, man, it's too good. And he's our savior. 2,000 years ago, the story is so familiar. But my hope, our prayer around here, is that it has more significance as we go. And the outcome We're saved. We're saved. Our sin is forgiven, our shame. I don't care what it is. It's wiped away. And he doesn't want us to carry it anymore. It's done. Our lives are transformed. For those of you, again, who are dealing with heavy weights, right now life's problems are just at the forefront of your mind. He killed death. He wants to help us with our stuff. He conquered death. I know you got problems. They're real problems. He doesn't want you to carry them alone. You're wrestling with a relational problem. You can't get along as husband and wife. Oh, I'm sure he conquered death, but he can't help you with that one. You got a sin issue that's been nagging at you, robbing you a joy. They put him in the tomb. Everybody that followed him, he told them what he was going to do and they didn't get it. Let's not miss the power of his resurrection to transform our lives. Let's not miss this. Let's not lose hope. Let's not settle. He intended this life to be filled with meaning and joy. It's rooted in his death and in his resurrection. 
and eternal life secured. We got all kinds of hard stuff in this life. The final greatest enemy is death. I've been with lots of folks when they died. Let me tell you, there is no bigger enemy than death. And he kicked its butt. He conquered it so that we might never, ever, ever be afraid of the final enemy. Because our eternal life begins when we accept this gift. We die, we get to actually experience his presence more fully. So we live with victory in this life, knowing that victory is ours for all eternity. So you're here today, you love Jesus, you love Good Friday, you love Easter. Oh, it is great to be with you. You're here today, you're wrestling with some of this stuff. Jesus rose from the dead. Stay connected, get tighter links. He wants to continue to change us, fill us, and transform us. You're here today and you're thinking about whether or not to treasure Christ. Keep thinking. Keep pursuing. Keep looking for the truth. Come talk to me. Come talk to somebody else around here. Jesus is life. We got some beautiful artwork at the doors. Wood which should have been thrown away, was transformed. It was reclaimed. Our hope is that every time you enter this sanctuary and you see that artwork, that's what Jesus did for us. He reclaimed us. He made us new. He gave us life. We've been transformed through the power of Jesus' resurrection. It's our hope, not just on Easter, but every day of the year. Father, thanks for loving us. Thanks for loving us so much that you sent your son into this world. Thank you for, for putting him in a place where he took all our iniquity, all our wrongs, all the stuff that we do which kept us from a relationship with you. Thanks for placing that on your son. And then thank you for raising him from the dead and giving us this hope in a living Savior, a living Christ. We stand on the power of Jesus, his love and his resurrection, Father. May we live increasingly with that confidence and the boldness that comes from knowing when they went to the tomb, it was empty because Jesus lives.